We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, this is Donnie Nelson, and you're listening to the Mavs Step Back Podcast. Let me step back for a minute, tired of the gimmicks, see we just focused on winning, ball in the airline center, we about to get litty, Luca carrying a torch, Borden jumped up on the porch, how you reckon with his force, third season in the game, and he a legend by his fourth, look, after dirt, now the king of Dallas, airline serving as the palace, young team and it's full of talent, want revenge, we accept the challenge, Luca carrying a legacy, what it take to be an MVP, being great, know it cost a fee, know it really Really ain't that hard to see. Hold on, wait. Silence the critics, cause they never did it. Pass out Jordan, I ain't woke up the city. Map shooting hot like we straight out the chimney. Go back to Batman, I'm calling them Drizzy. Both triple doubles, I'm waiting on 50. Step back smoother, you know it's so filthy. If I get down on my team, gonna lift me. Rep the map, step back. Overcame the setbacks. Starting where we left at. No, we gotta get back. No, we gotta get back. Rep the map, step back. Overcame the setbacks. Starting where we left at. No, we gotta get back. Like, no, we gotta get back. Let me step back for a minute. 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 How's it going, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Math Step Back Podcast. We are part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. We've really enjoyed being with them. Uh, if all goes well, we're probably going to be out representing them at a Vegas Summer League this year. So that'll be fun. You know, the Mavs, they'll have Josh Green, Tyrell Terry, uh, and Tyler Bay out there this summer. And should be a fun time. And uh, I will be joined here eventually by my co-host, DallasBasketball.com, Matt Galatson, and this is our second installment of Upgrading the Mavericks. Uh, Before we get into some of the scenarios Matt and I have talked about this week, and we'll get y'all's thoughts on it as well. All right, so just an update on the Mavs front office drama. Uh, You know, uh, Mark Stein, he put out a piece yesterday, and it mentioned that uh, Mark Cuban isn't going to basically pursue Masai Ujiri or anybody like that who is going to want more power than what he's willing to give up. And we're not going to just harp on that too much because we're doing a a crossover pod with uh, Kirk early next week. And we're, (laughs) we're going to save most of our, 
most of our heated stuff for that one. Yeah, but, I don't really want to go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> but I'll, I'll just say that it, it's really, it's almost kind of depressing to get that kind of news because, I mean, man, Mark Cuban has got to just be the owner. You know, turn it over and let somebody else do their job as general manager and president and all that stuff and stop thinking that you have to be involved in everything basketball related. You know, and I mentioned it on Twitter the other day, too. I love Michael Finley. I think if he is, you know, left to do his job without any meddling from Cuban, I think he could do a good job. You know, Jamal Mosley, the same thing. I think he could do a a good job coaching, and he gets along well with all the players, and Luca likes him. You know, he's been around for a while. He's learned from Carlisle, but he has – he seems to – he seems to get the player aspect of it better than Carlisle did, so maybe he picked up something from the X's and O's side of it as well. I mean, I just I don't have anything I don't have anything against those guys. I just want them to be able to do their jobs without Cuban sticking his hands in it. I don't want you know whoever the eventual GM is, and that's the thing we need to separate here. It's more than likely Finley is going to end up being the president of basketball ops. Uh, so he's going to be the president. They're going to have an external uh, hire, more than likely, for GM position. And then they'll hire a coach as well, which, again, will likely end up being uh, Jamal Mosley. But we'll, we'll see how that goes. Anyway, I, I think those guys can do a good job if they're left to do their job without any mailing. Because you don't want a situation like in 2013 where – the GM is banging the table for Giannis Antetokounmpo in the draft, and then Cuban comes in there and says, nah, we're not going to do this because <laughs> we have a plan to chase Dwight Howard in free agency. Let's go with Shane Larkin instead. You don't want that situation coming up in the future. And I don't know why – I don't know how Cuban can just brush that off and think, okay, this is fine. We're just going to keep doing this. So, anyway, again, we're going to harp on that a little bit more uh, early next week when we – when we do our crossover pod with, with Kirk and Mavs Moneyball, that'll be a really fun one. It was fun when we did it last time, too. But jumping into the this uh, this Upgrading the Mavericks Episode 2, Matt, we're going to focus on big men today. I do have one trade scenario that doesn't involve a big man, but uh, the first one I want to bring up is one that it's not really an upgrade, for the big, but it involves a big in a trade. I talked about it with uh, with you earlier today. Mm-hmm. So the Cleveland Cavaliers reportedly don't want to pay Colin Sexton past you know his his rookie contract, and he's making he's averaging twenty four points, four assists, three rebounds a game, uh, nearly fifty percent from the field, thirty seven percent from three. Uh, just a really good guard. It could be a very good secondary guard next to Luca. Uh, and then you have Kevin Love on the Cavs, who is, you know, his his value has plummeted even more than KP's has. Yet, he still averages about the same amount of rebounds per game despite playing six minutes less per game than KP. <laughs> and he still shoots the same uh, three-point percentage. So, my, th- my question to you is, how, how feasible do you think it would be if whoever the Mavs' new GM ends up being calls – Dan Gilbert, or whoever is it, Kobe Altman is the the Cavs GM. I don't know. I have to look uh, up. But anyway, I have no idea. <laughs> Mavs call the Cavs 
and say, we'll give you Jalen Brunson and KP and, you know, maybe a, I don't know, a future second round pick or something, may, or, or another guard like Trey Burke or whatever for Colin Sexton and Kevin Love. Now, Colin Sexton is a lot better than Jalen Brunson. But, you know, KP, at least on paper, is better than Kevin Love uh, due to the age and, uh, you know, what they've been able to provide when healthy. So what do you think about that? I mean, is that is that lopsided? Am I far off there or what? No, I, I think it's perfectly reasonable. Um, you know, Colin Sexton gives you a guard off of the bench that can – um, that has a little bit of a, a mean streak to him and can run the offense uh, efficiently and well, and you know he's a you know decent defender and all that stuff. Um, I feel like Kevin Love would be you know assuming he stays healthy, which with KP is obviously still an issue um, as well. So you're not really taking too much of a risk there. But assuming Kevin Love stays healthy, then that gives you, in my opinion, a more reliable three point shooter, a more reliable rebounder. At this point, they're about the same on the defensive end. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's a, I think it's a fair trade. It gives, it gives, uh, it gives KP a fresh start. It gives the Mavs some fresh blood. It gives them the, the backup guard that they need to kind of take things to the next level. And it's, it's overall from top to bottom, it's fair. Plus you get off of Trey Burke, who's just a, you know, a pointless person to have on the roster at this point, um, and gives them an extra guard. So, you know, it, it's uh, I, I like it. I think it's uh, I think it's fair and, and totally feasible. Yeah, and I mean, look, it doesn't have to be exactly that. There could be other moving parts to make it work. But I just think, sure. in general, you know, given what we know the Mavs need and that they want a secondary ball handler next to Luca, a reliable one who can get his own shot, and uh, you know, then you you don't upgrade by trading KP for Kevin Love, in my opinion, but. Maybe if Kevin Love stays healthy, even though he doesn't, you know, pr- produce the volume that KP does, maybe you end up getting a better fit. You know, yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I, I think he's, I think he's a, a more natural fit for what the Mavericks want to do offensively. Um, you know, KP is a little bit more um, difficult to fit in as we've seen over the last couple of years with what he does. And what he, or not what he does, but what he wants to do is a little bit different from what Kevin Love wants to do, I think. Um, and I, and I think you kind of have to take that all into account when you're, when you're fitting him on each roster. Um, and, you know, Kevin Love likes hanging out by the three point line. That's what the Mavs want KP to do, but he wants to post up a little bit more. So it's, you know, I think it's a better fit naturally than, um, yeah. Know. And I, I just, I just like the idea of Kevin Love due to his rebounding numbers. When I was looking that up, I mean, I, I was thinking because, you know, when he got hurt and he first came back, he was kind of, you know, it took him a while to get his legs back under him. And it's like, oh, man, he might be completely washed. And then, sure enough, in like 24 minutes per game, the dude's averaging eight rebounds. <laughs> so yeah. he, he can still rebound the basketball. Uh, I don't. I don't think it would be too far. I, I would be willing to make that swap from KP to Love if it meant you ended up with Colin Sexton. So that's just that's Absolutely. where I'm at. And um, you know, maybe throwing a little sweetener to to help push the deal forward too. Um, but you know, right? Because the real I mean, prize but, is Colin Sexton. Yes. Yes. And look, I mean, KP's uh, trade value is kind of in the tank with with Kevin Love at this point. But given age and uh, injury concerns and all that. 
Kevin Love is further down the <laughs> down the list uh, than KP is, in my opinion. So, uh, Brian, what's up, man? I'm gonna bring you up here. What, what do you think about that first scenario we we talked about? Uh it's interesting. So with with Sexton, right? So what what's your goal and objective with Sexton? Because if you bring him on, do you let him walk, or do you, do you want to resign him? What's your play there? I mean, if you bring him on, I think you're you're doing it with the hopes that he meshes with with Luca, and you re-sign him, and you have that true secondary playmaker, secondary you know scorer in the backcourt uh, to kind of to kind of alleviate some of the pressure Luca has, especially as the game progresses. You know, maybe he doesn't have to take not he doesn't need a guy that can just like take over in the fourth quarter, so to speak. But you just need somebody with a little bit more volume scoring, efficient scoring uh, throughout the course of a game to where Luca's just not dog tired at the end of it. And that's what I'm looking at with Sexton. I mean, it's not – I'm not married to any of these ideas, Brian. I'm just, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just spitballing and I'm trying to find fits. And, you know, if, if this one ended up happening, I wouldn't be, you know, I wouldn't be mad about it. I'll put it that way. I will say if there was going to be some type of business done, uh, rather than Sexton, I would really want to see if uh, Windler is available because he's a cheap three-point shooter. And based on your proposal, if Sexton is coming on board, it would be hard. I imagine to still have THJ on those books as well. Or, it, you know, if Nance was in that conversation, I, I think I would be a little bit more open to that if, if the maps could somehow up, uh, unload Dwight Powell as well. But uh, to stay on your guys' topic, I wanted to uh, propose a couple uh, trades here for you real quick for big man, and uh, I'll hop down. But uh, obviously, like, first and foremost, uh, the one I've been fantasizing the most since Boston's made their big moves, uh, Jalen for Robert Williams, uh, that that would be one I would really uh, oh, fantasize I about. Yeah. <laughs> I well, love- you, you, well, just look at it this way. Okay, you know, they just uploaded, uh, unloaded Kimba, right? There's a lot of different things on there. I mean, they've got Grant Williams and Robert Williams, which is pretty redundant. And I gather if they were going to keep one, it'd be Grant. So now Williams, you would have to pay after next season. So that's uh, that's an option. And then there's always the opportunity where Mavs could maybe go with the free agent route. Maybe there's a guy like Mo Bamba if they really wanted to kind of look at a guy who's a semi-project, but still really raw. He's had injury concerns. But I, I feel like if you were going to go out and pay him, you wouldn't have to give him a bag. You need a Bulbon replacement. He was obviously liked within the Mavericks, you know, uh, front office during uh, that uh, draft period because, you know, for all intents and purposes, prior to Luka trade, that was a guy the Mavericks were, were looking at, potentially. So that was another guy. And then the only other kind of, I guess, I, I, I'm happy to take any L's on this proposal, but I, I'm still a proprietor. Uh, I would be really open for Horford uh, KP trade straight up if Boston is willing to do that. Can we? Here, here's my question: How how soon can um, can Horford or or Kemba, for that matter, since they were just swapped for each other, be traded again? Or is that just? Not uh, no, that is a very good question, Matt, because there is, I believe, that waiting period where I think normal NBA seasons, I believe if you're like traded during the, like the off season, quote unquote, I believe it's normally 
like that 60 day waiting period where I believe it's September or I'm sorry, December ish, give or take. Okay. Well, I mean that that's feasible then. It's just, um, I think, I think you'd kind of want to, in, in terms of Horford, I mean, you'd kind of want to do something a little bit earlier than that, um, rather than wait until December. Just, just to chime, big move this. Just to chime in here, uh, Xavier put in the chat the of it, but he's saying he think he says it's not an issue since uh, there haven't there hasn't been any new contract signed. So, you know, in theory, they should be able to trade Horford immediately. Uh, I don't know that, that I'm just relaying what was said there, but. Regardless, I would be okay with that, uh, especially because you'd be sending KP East. Uh, I feel better about that, you know, on the off chance that <laughs> on the off chance that you trade Porzingis and then uh, all of a sudden he's super durable and he turns into bubble KP twenty four seven. At least he's not doing it in the West <laughs> with a team that uh, can punish you more often throughout the course of a season. So. If they do trade KP, I like the idea of sending him to the Eastern Conference. So I like that one. I really love the the Time Lord one. Uh, now, Brian, I'll ask you this because mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you've watched the Celtics. I mean, you probably watched Celtics more than I have this year. But I know that Robert Williams is super athletic. I know he can catch lobs. Uh I mean, how how is he overall as far as, like, a screen setter and a, a rim protector? I think, well, if you go back and even look at the playoffs when the Celtics were, uh, you know, shorthanded, Dalton, I, I felt like he did a pretty admirable job. And, you know, with Williams' size, you have to remember, so he's 6'8", 237. I think he fills that perfect role of that Brandon Bass type of player the Mavericks have desperately needed for a very long time. Um I, Lauren and I have coined the phrase in the NBA, it hasn't caught on yet, but uh, what Robert Williams has the basketball hips, and, uh, you know, he's girthy, he's pretty thick, so he can box people out, and traditionally, the Mavericks have a really hard time of putting anybody in the paint over 200 pounds. Robert's a very solid 237. He's obviously not going to pop a three-point on you or anything like that, but I feel like he provides that type of player that the Mavericks have not had in a very long time. I, The last player I could really think of the Mavericks had on the roster similar to his skill set was DeWan Blair. And for as limited as DeWan Blair's time was with the Mavericks, I thought it was pretty successful. Can catch lobs and, you know, maybe have a little bit of rim protection and everything too. And like you said, he's got the, the basketball hips. <laughs> he's able to navigate down in the post and everything. I mean, that would be – that would be nice. It would be nice to have a player like that. And I'd be willing to part with Jalen Brunson uh, to get somebody like that too because, I mean, as much as I love Brunson, I think he still has a, a lot where he can grow his game going forward. I mean, I maybe I'm just a little bit more down on him because of the recent playoff performance he had, but I would be perfectly fine doing something like that with Brunson. I think I was a little bit higher on him before <laughs> before I saw what he did. Uh, against the Clippers, at least in those last five games of the series, he was he was okay to start it, but uh, just not not a very memorable series for our guy Brunson there. Um, and remind me, who was the third one you brought up? I know we we talked about uh, Horford and uh, uh, Robert Williams. Who was the other one? Uh, Mo Bamba. Yes. Okay. Mo Bamba. Yeah, I, I'd be okay with that as well. I think. Uh, well, look- hold on, real quick before you keep going, Dalton. 
Does that mean that does that mean that every time we go to a game at the American Airlines Center, we would have to hear that awful song? Uh, well, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, more, <laughs> more than likely, yes. <laughs> then I'm out. <laughs> we probably have to. We probably have to get our guy Drew to do a like a remix of it and play it on the pod just for you, Matt. There we go. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, look, I'd be open to that as well. I think if you're looking. If you're surveying the NBA landscape and you're looking for teams where you're just like, okay, I could kind of see that being a landing spot for KP, I think Orlando might be one of those teams. You know, one of those teams that's like, okay, KP, he still has some upside to him if he can stay healthy. Uh, We've seen what he can do if he stays healthy. Uh, And maybe you can have the, the trick of, oh, well, he was just being misused in the playoffs. something like that i feel like there there are teams out there who would take that chance and i feel like orlando is one of them so i think you could have bomba as part of like a bigger a bigger trade package uh involving kp i think that would work out well well the beauty with bomba is really interesting dalton so he's got a team option for seven million dollars and i know orlando loves having you know all these seven footers on their team and I really don't think it makes much sense for them to really opt in for that $7 million. I mean, yeah, you could easily just sign him up and flip him for something, I suppose. But if you were going to I, – you might have been able to get more value for him when he was playing halfway decent towards the end of the season. So there is a possibility the Mavericks could sign him outright if the, if the Magic don't, uh, you know, sign him to that team option because, you know, they're kind of in a cap – they're doing better now since they've got, uh, you know, they turned away Booch, but I mean, it's not like they're in necessarily, they have about 16 million projected to spend for next season. So is it really in their best interest to spend that on a center that they're probably not going to resign anyway? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That's a really good point, and it's very interesting, too. Uh, I mean, if that's the case, then I would absolutely expect the Mavs to have interest there. Like you said, it's like, a, it, at the very least, a Boban replacement, uh, because when he came back from his his latest injury, toward, you know, towards the end of this season, halfway through towards the end of the season, uh, he played really well. He had some really good minutes out there, and we know the Mavs were interested in Bamba, uh, during that draft, uh, and they just, you know, it, it obviously ended up being 
more smoke than anything else. But uh, we know they had interest in him at the time, and I'm sure they would still be interested now, especially if his value is somewhere in that in that uh, that Boban range. Because Dallas is a place where he could go, he could play with Luca and potentially rebuild his value. Maybe sign like a two-year deal with a with a player option uh, for the second year or something like that and potentially build up his value over the next couple of years. I think that would work out well for both parties. So I really love that idea. <laughs> and it, just another thing to consider as well, like they just – so they – traded away Vooch, but there's there's still that log jam at center with Wendell Carter as well. So I believe they want to give him as much run as they can. And obviously, you know, if uh, Isaac comes back healthy, there's really not any spot for him. So if you're going to end up just flipping him anyway, I mean, you know, just depending on whatever their front office, I don't know what their front office scene is like, but I, I imagine if somebody threw 10, million for two years or something like that and maybe you do like a second year team option and player option kind of as a prove it deal i'm sure he'd be about that and look I, up until this year who is orlando had as a point guard to really get him the ball other than cole, cole anthony so i imagine if luca could actually have that center where he could just throw up and lob a pass and could be thrown down that'd be magnificent because in our big man search Luca's never really had that, you know. We haven't had that, you know, Christian Wood kind of rolling um, upgraded big to flourish in this offense. So if that could be one thing that could really make Luca's life easier as far as offensively and causing more chaos, that'd be wonderful. Yeah, I think I think the closest thing Luca has had to that is a slightly washed DeAndre Jordan his rookie year, <laughs> and that uh, you know that that was okay offensively. Uh, for a handful of games, but it just wasn't. It wasn't what it could have been with the, the 2015 version of DeAndre Jordan that the Mavs thought they were getting uh, before he went back on his on his word, his verbal commitment. But anyway, I, I love that stuff, Brian. Uh, we appreciate you coming on and talking with us as always. And uh, uh, Matt, we're going to move on to another big here that I've kind of, I mean, look, I love this guy. I think he would be an excellent fit with the Mavs. Uh, but you know, given the the free agency landscape and potential trades that the Mavs could make, I've almost kind of talked myself out of it because I feel like he's going to be out of the Mavs price range a little bit, especially if they bring back Tim Hardaway Jr. But it's uh, it's Rashawn Holmes. We've talked about him before. Uh, as, as far as his style of play, I think he would be an excellent fit with Luca. I think he gives kind of what Brian was talking about there. He gives you a guy that. Uh, can finish lobs. He sets good screens, rolls hard, uh, gets rebounds. I mean, he's pretty much the ideal big you could pair with Luca. You know, aside from his lack of of three point shooting. So, I really love that idea uh, of adding him to the Mavs roster. I just don't know how feasible it is financially, because, like I said, I mean, it seems like they're pretty dead set on bringing back Tim Hardaway Jr. We'll have to see how that turns out, but. Uh, unless you end up in like a sign and trade situation and the Kings are willing to take back KP, uh, I mean, I, I don't know how, how they would get that done. But he is a big I like. I would be thrilled if the Mavs ended up with him. I just think he might be a little bit out of, out of their price range. Yeah, he probably is. Um, I think he's going to be pretty highly pursued uh, this offseason. So um, 
you know, you, you kind of have to take into account the other suitors that might be after him. His his price is probably going to go up a little bit more than they're willing to pay. And, you know, we know how how conservative they are and how not aggressive they are um, when it comes to chasing impact players and free agency. I mean, we've been dealing with it for the last decade. So, um, you know, you, you'd hope that with the regi- regime change this offseason that that, you know, might make a difference. But um, as we talked about earlier, you know, they – are probably just going to bring in a lot of yes men for Cuban. He's probably going to end up running the show. So um, I don't know that much is going to change on the free agency front, unless, you know, Mosley is a little bit more attractive of a person to play for than Rick Carlisle. Um, Assuming of course the job is Mosley's, but um, you know, as far as his fit though, I mean, it's, it's ideal. Of course. I mean, he does everything they want. So um, you know, it just kind of depends on the kind of approach they're going to take in the free agency market because we've heard them say they're going to chase people, but they never actually ended up doing it. So, um, well, it's and just kind of a game of wait and see. I, I really think, despite what we think about Cuban not letting go of the reins a little bit and still wanting to have final say over all decisions and all that stuff, I really do feel more confident with the Mavs going into free agency. Uh, and, you know, potential trades and stuff, guys wanting to play in Dallas now that Rick isn't there. That's not saying Rick isn't a great coach. He was. I I appreciate everything he brought to the Mavs during his tenure. Uh, he was a big part of that, that championship uh, team in 2011 and everything, and he was, he was really good uh, in playoff series, making adjustments throughout the year. Not this year, obviously. <laughs> But in previous years, even though they didn't win the series, it was more of a talent thing more than an adjustment thing. So I appreciate everything he brought to the Mavs. He's a great coach. Uh, He's a great guy. But, I mean, the fact remains that he just didn't get along with a a handful of players. It was was a long list of players. And players around the league uh, just don't seem to have a favorable opinion of him. Uh, so that's definitely something that has to be taken into account when you go into free agency and you have guys who want to be traded and, you know, they have preferences where they want to be traded. I think the, whoever the head coach is does have a little bit of, uh, sway with, with those guys and those, those decisions. So that's where Mosley being the head coach, I would feel more confident, uh, this off season, given how favorable people view him. You know, we've seen multiple current NBA players uh, vouch for him publicly. And, I mean, that just doesn't really happen. <laughs> you don't really have guys playing for other teams going out there and saying, hey, you know, y'all really need to sign this guy. It's time. Uh, so I, I just look at that, and I feel like there may be a little bit something bigger to that. And uh, you already know how Luca has, has vouched for him, saying he could be the head coach. And I don't know. I, I feel confident. Uh, I'm not saying that they're guaranteed to change their ways because it's such a long history of the Mavs falling flat on their face in the offseason, but I would feel a whole lot better than I would if Rick Carlisle was still here. I'll say that. Yeah. um, Rick is a very abrasive guy, and he kind of comes off as a difficult person to play for. I mean, we've seen him run multiple players out of town that he didn't quite um, see eye to eye with, you know, Rondo and Nerlens and, and, and those guys. I'm, I'm not saying that those guys didn't necessarily deserve to be run out of town because they were kind of shitheads. But um, 
there's there's more. I mean, he had an issue with Jason Kidd that until they they squashed that. So there there's there's a lot there that um, kind of makes you think that that played a role in free agency in the last few years. Now, there's obviously other factors there as well, but um, Mosley definitely does seem like a more players coach. Um, and if they if they go Mosley's direction or if they go in a direction similar to that, then, you know, obviously this, this summer could be a different ball game, but I still think it comes, comes down to how much, uh, or how aggressive Cuban is willing to be in the end. Yeah. And look, I, this is kind of, this is kind of changing course here, but I was just paying attention to the chat. And I think our guy Xavier may have, uh, may have come up with a solution to my home's concern, <laughs> financial concern. He said, "Sign and trade KP to Sacramento for Buddy Healed, and, oh, yeah. and then use the THJ money. You know, renounce THJ's rights and use that money to sign Rashawn Holmes." <laughs> oh hell yeah! The, the, the only problem with with that that I have X is that the Mavericks aren't smart enough to do it. Supposedly, and, and that's where that's where it, it's going to go wrong. <laughs> Supposedly, that's a great idea. I, I love that idea. Maybe X should put his name in the cap for uh, for who should be the next GM. It's taken him long enough to find one, so <laughs> maybe, maybe he has a chance. To- it's amazing that they haven't even, you know, there's not even a list of candidates that have been revealed yet. It's almost like they just already have this whole thing figured out. Anyway, we don't need to go down this rabbit hole. We're, we're, we're saving that for next week. Yeah, the reason there, I'll just say that the reason there isn't a list that we know of is because <laughs> like you said, they pretty much know. They pretty much know how it's going to go down, at least for the the president spot and uh the head coaching spot. In my opinion, we'll see what they do at GM. But if it's if it's Volgaris, I mean, this podcast might cease to exist. Like it, we really might burn all of this to the ground if that. Ha- I don't. I don't think there is any possible scenario where you can bring Bob Volgaris back into the fold. I don't I think, think that, this podcast would cease to exist. I think we would just get uh, uncredentialed because we oh, would yeah. be so yeah, we, so critical, <laughs> and, and uh, it would just it would be bad for everyone. We would have to take our Mark Cuban approved part of the uh, of our Twitter bio of the, the the podcast account, which got verified this past week. That was pretty good news. Uh, we would have to take that part out of the bio if if Volgaris is still part of this situation <laughs> going forward. But anyway, all right, this is one more. Th- and look, this doesn't involve a big. This is the one I was telling you about that it doesn't involve a big, but I'm very curious to see what happens here. Uh, we've talked about Portland in the past. I do think they blow things up, uh, maybe not all the way, you know, unless Dame requests a trade, I don't think they, they trade him anywhere and completely blow everything up. But, you know, you have uh, Norman Powell. You have Dame already on his Supermax. And Norman Powell is going to get paid this summer, whether it's from Portland or somebody else. He's going to get paid. And then so your other shooting guard is C.J. McCollum, 30 years old. He's making $30 million a year. And you're about to pay Norman Powell as well. So I just feel like they're going to do something with McCollum. And I don't know if the Mavs have enough to get in on that. I don't know what, uh, you know, maybe KP and Brunson and 
a future first or something like that. I mean, I, I don't know. I can't really gauge. I can't really gauge the value for some of these guys because McCollum's great. I mean, he would be amazing in Dallas next to Luca. I just don't know, given his age and what's left on his contract. I just don't know where the value. I, I don't know how to properly gauge that value compared to where KP's is at right now and uh, Jalen Brunson and future draft picks. I mean, I, I have a hard time doing that at the moment. But I would love to get in on a CJ McCollum sweepstakes if if that comes down to it. But I mean, what what are your thoughts on that? I mean, looking at the NBA landscape, do you see? like some very obvious fits for C.J. McCollum that would absolutely cut the Mavs out of No, I mean, I think the Mavs are a natural fit for for that in particular. My thing is with this whole idea, I mean, and we're assuming KP is the centerpiece of this trade, correct? Yes. Yeah, so assuming KP is the centerpiece of this deal, uh, my only issue with that is that if if this Bleacher Report um, – report that came out earlier this week is true and you know kp is you know and uh sorry and golden state is you know not immediately jumping at the chance to take kp for uh kelly Oubre, then i have a hard time believing that he's enough ammo to get cj mccollum i think that we're kind of assuming that um you know maybe we're a little you know a little biased or a little jaded or whatever but whatever the case may be, but I, I don't know that KP's trade value is what a lot of us assume that it is. I, I think that he probably um, isn't going to bring back as much of a haul as, as we would like to believe. Well, and, and look, to an extent, I agree with that. But I think you could say the same on the other side for a guy like C.J. McCollum because, I mean, he's an older guy. And I'm not looking at his contract right now. He's got at least at least three more years left on it, right? Uh, I can look it up while you're talking. Yeah, I mean, again, I have to look at that, but he's making over $30 million a year uh, going forward, and I think it's at least the next three years. <laughs> so, and he doesn't play defense. So, no, neither does KP. Well, yeah, yeah, true. So <laughs> at least you have some offense going there. But like our guy uh, X said in the chat uh, earlier, basically said that he's a net negative for a team that isn't ready to compete yet. So uh, compete for a chip like Philly. But X, I would argue that you know if the Mavs had CJ McCollum in, in in place of KP for that playoff run. <laughs> probably be in the Western Conference Finals right now, given they'd be getting their butts kicked by Phoenix. I mean, congrats to those guys, by the way. They've been, I mean, the Suns have been absolutely amazing. And if Kawhi doesn't come back, it looks like they're about to sweep their way to the finals. But, I mean, I, I think if you add C.J. McCollum into the fold, he, give, he, he doesn't play defense, but he gives you enough production on offense uh, to make up for uh, what you lost with the Seth Curry Josh Richardson trade, because Josh Richardson they traded for him for defense too, and he he played terrible in that playoff series. He wasn't good on either end of the court. <laughs> so, give me all the offense, Matt. Let's go score 150 a game. Yeah, no, I I, I agree with that. Um, defense is overrated. <laughs> now look, this is another. This is like a bonus. 
this is a bonus one because I've seen his name brought up multiple times in the chat as we've been talking here. But uh, if you want to have a move that really makes up for the Josh Richardson debacle and accomplishes what you wanted to accomplish with that trade, if they go out and end up with Lonzo Ball, and whether it's a sign-and-trade or whatever, uh, I mean, I don't know how much money he's going to end up commanding this offseason, but that's a guy who has really, really good defensive abilities, and he's a much-improved three-point shooter. He's fixed that hitch in his shot. Uh, I, I really think that would be an excellent fit with Luca in the backcourt as well, and it gives you a little bit of both worlds. You, ha- you, you would actually have a true 3 and D guy, and he fits more Luca's timeline too. He's pretty young, so uh, I don't know what – and, I mean, somebody brought up the point that uh, Zion could really benefit from more spacing because the thing with Steven Adams just absolutely has not worked. It was awful. <laughs> Zion had, like, an, had an historic season – Efficiency-wise, this past year, he's amazing individually, but he could have been so much better if he didn't have Steven Adams as his center. So, just yeah, remember, remember when some people were saying Zion was overrated? Yes. Oh, my gosh, yes. <laughs> saying that he was going to be a bust and You know who you and, are. Yes. Uh, oh, my gosh, that was horrible. <laughs> One of the worst. We need to look up those old tweets if they still exist. I bet they're deleted now. But anyway, <laughs> imagine – okay, so say KP doesn't turn into anything close to what he was in the bubble last year. Even if he doesn't, just his spacing alone, his ability to hit threes, uh, kind of like how they used him in the playoffs, even though it, it was kind of – it made him almost useless. But just his spacing alone compared to what Steven Adams has – would give Zion a lot more room to operate. So I don't know. I don't know how committed they are to Lonzo Ball, but if they're going to lose him and somebody's going to offer him a big offer sheet and he signs it and they don't want to match it, why not do a sign and trade for KP? And then you get something that helps Zion in the front court, and then the Mavs get something that helps Luca in the back court. Yeah. No. I mean, I I like that idea too. Um, it's just uh, a lot of moving parts uh, going both ways. So um, I, I just I, – are we talking Lonzo in, in, in the sense that, you know, um, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to figure out a way to word this. Yeah, be careful. <laughs> you know what? I, 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 might, I may just pass. Um, but no, I, I like the idea of Lonzo in a vacuum. I'll put it that way. I and I mean, look, I don't think if I know at one point you were hesitant on Lonzo because you thought his dad was going to be like this big distra- distraction, this big problem. But I really don't think that's an issue with them anymore. I think he's unlike Mark Cuban and his Mavs ownership. Uh, <laughs> Lonzo Ball's dad, Lavar, has uh, taken a back seat and kind of let his sons do their own thing now, and he's. Uh, he doesn't have to be in front of every camera anymore, and it's been a good thing for them. So I, I don't think that would be an issue at all. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I would be willing to pay Lonzo Ball north of $20 million a year. I, I'm okay with that. <laughs> Very talented player. So, um, 
and I, I do think he's a good match with Luca. I just there there are some concerns I have there, but you know, there's going to be there's going to be concerns with any player that is coming from New Orleans not named Zion. I think. Yeah. All right, I'm looking at the. Well, it's doing that thing again where it shows that we have some speaker requests, but it's not it's not showing up who it is. So. If anybody hasn't gotten to speak who wanted to speak, just say so in the chat. I can bring you up, or you can try to request again. We'll see if it pops up there. But um, look, guys, before we take off here, I, I probably should start mentioning at the beginning of these pods because I know a lot of people start to check out when they think we're just doing our normal wrap-up at the end. But uh, if you want a free T-shirt and you listen on Apple Podcasts, take about 10 seconds and go give us a review there and put your Twitter at and you could be getting a t-shirt in the mail. Uh, I've given out a ton of these things here lately. So <laughs> if you want a t-shirt, they look cool. They have a Luca silhouette on it. It's uh, a badass t-shirt, guys. It, it really is, and they're super comfy, too. They're, uh, uh, what are they called, comfort colors yeah, t-shirts? Yeah, colors. Those are, like, the best ones to have. But anyway, definitely go leave a review. Only takes 10 seconds, and... Uh, somebody just said too bad. They don't have Twitter. That's okay. Put your Instagram at <laughs> surely you have Instagram. If you don't have, you Twitter, have some so. form of, or some form of social media. So just any way to contact you or anything like that would. would work. Yeah. If you have Facebook, just say that you're on Facebook. <laughs> we, we will find you some way. So just leave a review and tell us how we can get in contact with you. So, uh, but guys, look, we appreciate it. This is going to wrap up another episode of Upgrading the Mavericks. Go like, rate, and subscribe on all your favorite podcast platforms. We'll have this thing up as a regular pod on DallasBasketball.com probably around 8 o'clock tonight. So we'll see y'all. Y'all have a great rest of the week. Let me step back for a minute. 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 For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.